couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPolcito, and the Celtics beat the Pistons 111-99. This was a fun one. Uh, Celtics kind of you know, gave up a little bit of the rope in the fourth quarter here, but overall, it's a really good win for the Seas. Uh, one of those trap game types that the Celtics this year have floundered in. Uh, so good to see them come out with a, a win against a team that they should be beating for once. Uh, can't really say for once, but really, like this is a it's a good team win. Uh, gonna follow today's podcast, same as usual. Though run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows. But I do want to wrap up about some trade talk. So make sure to stick around for that. We'll talk JB. We'll talk KD. We'll talk Kyrie. Right. Uh, to get things started off, though, talking about this game in particular, want to give player of the game to Derek White. This was a very complete performance from Derek White. Defensively, fantastic. Offensively, though, he took over a lot of the, the role of Marcus Smart in this one. Uh, early on, got the offense moving, got guys involved, and – Really continued that throughout. Had 23 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, only 1 turnover in this one. Also had a team high, plus 18 on the plus minus. Shot the ball well, got to the rim a bunch. Had 3 and 1s in this game. Uh, was literally doing everything early on. Uh, and that was when the Celtics really needed it because Jason Tatum really was useless in the first half of this game. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about him at the end of this or in a little bit here because he did turn it on and had an unbelievable second half. But in the first half where Jason Tatum was really struggling, like really struggling, it was Derek White that kept the Celtics not only in this game, but winning this game. So got to give a lot of credit to Derek White in this one. Played big minutes, 37 tonight, uh, really in a game where you needed every bit of it. Uh, you I mean, no Marcus Smart, no Jalen Brown. You need Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon to step up, and they both did in this go- in this one. So we'll talk about both of those. Uh, a really good game for Derek White, but I talked a little bit about Jason Tatum and really the poor, poor start that he had. Uh, but Jason Tatum turned it on. Like at halftime, Jason had 12 points, three rebounds, three assists on three of 13 from the field. Right, terrible numbers, terrible numbers overall. However, he had a massive, massive third quarter where he had 18 points on seven of eight shooting. Seven of eight. So, you talk about like a really tough three of 13 shooting in the first half. He turned on the Jets, uh, and it was exactly what the Celtics needed. And Joe Missoula really, you know, let Jason Tatum sit to start the fourth and we had a big lead. We saw the lead kind of balloon. And then in the first four minutes of that third quarter, it just kind of shifted. Like he didn't really do much. Like Jason Tatum was sitting on the bench and we saw the Celtics lead get down to, I think five or six in the first couple of minutes of that fourth quarter. And it wasn't until Jason Tatum came back in that we then saw the game completely shift back. 
and the Celtics built that lead up. We saw great play from Robert Williams, but even Robert Williams' play stemmed from an alley-oop from Jason Tatum as soon as he came in. And that led to seven straight points for Time Lord. But Jason Tatum in this one, he didn't really contribute a ton as far as points in that fourth quarter. Uh, but he did have three assists in that fourth. And obviously one of them was the alley-oop to Time Lord. So Jason Tatum put together a really solid night after a really terrible start. 34 points, 11 rebounds, two of which were offensive, six assists, and a block. Like overall, the numbers are there. Nine of ten from the from the free throw line. Like this is what you want to see Jason Tatum doing, and he managed to do pretty much all of that in two quarters because the first two were not good. Uh, but overall, I'm not going to sit here and say that Jason Tatum had a bad game, but he certainly had a bad half. But he turned it around because uh, that third quarter was something special. Like you saw best play, best player on the planet vibes coming out of Jason Tatum in that one. Uh, Truly unstoppable. So love to see it. Uh, Just touched on Time Lord a little bit there. He had that 7-0 stretch for the Celtics in that fourth quarter that really kept the Celtics moving forward because they really struggled in the first three and a half minutes. And obviously Jason Tatum coming in, the Pistons started doubling him. And it led to pretty easy buckets for a couple guys, Time Lord being one of those guys. But this was a 15-point, 15-rebound performance from him. Like, he also added in two assists, two steals, and a block. Uh, But he had six offensive rebounds and a lot of putbacks. So Robert Williams tonight, like, he is just a rebounding machine. And we talked about it the last couple games. Like, he impacts the game on so many levels. And it's not, I I know people want to say that Robert Williams doesn't have an offensive game. I totally, I totally understand the notion that he might not have an offensive game because all he does is rebound and get putbacks because of his, because of his athleticism. But Robert Williams creates opportunities for everybody. It's not just the assists, the offensive rebounds, the crazy tip outs to all of these guys he's creating opportunities for others and people want to say that he might not be a spacer he's not a shot creator but he's absolutely a lob threat which makes every person on the defensive side of the ball kind of stay attached to him which opens the lane for guys like Derek White for guys like Brogdon for guys like Jason Tatum like we saw All three of those guys get to the rim with ease today when Robert Williams is on the floor. And a lot of that is really due to the fact that guys cannot help off of Robert Williams. They have to stay attached to him. So offensive game or not, he is a huge factor on the offensive end. Uh, So really overall good game from him as well in this one. Uh, And one of the guys that I was pleasantly surprised with was Sam Hauser. Uh, He came in and got his first start of his NBA career. I was shocked. I posted on the Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die, that I was a little confused with the starting lineup choice. Uh, This Pistons team is bigger, so I I guess I sort of understand why they opted not to go with Peyton Pritchard. But 
all season long, when we've had multiple guys out, you've seen Joe go towards a Peyton Pritchard or a Grant Williams. This was the first time that Sam Hauser got that start. And I was scratching my head a little bit. I was a little confused. But then Sam Hauser came out and just lit up the floor. Like he was five of six from three in the first half. Uh, it ended there. He was only five of nine from three uh, at the end of the game. But he contributed 15 points, six rebounds, had an assist, had two blocks. Like he wasn't good defensively. I'm like, don't let the the two blocks fool you. Uh, he got blown by on defense a couple times. But this is a really good Sam Hauser game. Like he's a shooter, right? You bring him in, you put him on the floor to shoot, not to play defense. Obviously, playing defense would be an added bonus, right? Uh, he's that's not his game. But for the last, I don't know, two months, he hasn't been a shooter either. Obviously, we saw him start the season the first, you know, 20 games or so. He was phenomenal. Like he was shooting 43% from three, but he took a huge, huge shot and has not been shooting well over the last couple of months. But tonight he came out firing. So you absolutely love to see that if you're Celtics fans, because while it might not be there all the time, he can catch fire. And when he catches fire, it's a beautiful sight. Cause there was a couple of shots tonight that he had no business making. Like there was one pass from Jason Tatum. This was in the first half when Jason Tatum really could not get anything going. He threw the pass at Sam Hauser's ankles. And it was a pretty heavily contested shot. Sam Hauser made the catch at his ankles, still went up with it for the corner three, nailed it. Right. These are plays that just make you feel good. Like it's a feel good shot for a Celtics fan because we have not seen a lot of it over the last couple months. Uh, so it was definitely nice to see that from him in this one. Uh, we also saw, you know, some really solid minutes overall from Blake Griffin. Uh, 13 minutes in this one. Defensively, I thought he was solid. Uh, had an offensive rebound, had an assist, looked good out there. Wasn't a, a ton of productive minutes. Uh, really, the only bench player that was productive was Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, as far as the statue goes, Grant Williams, I thought, you know, we'll talk about him in the next the next segment. Peyton Pritchard didn't get a lot of run. We'll talk about him as well in the next segment. But overall, Malcolm Brogdon, this is a great game. 16 points, a rebound, four assists, two blocks. And honestly, some of the best defense down the stretch. Uh, he was covering Bogdanovich. And honestly, we talked about this when the Celtics played the Lakers too. He really deed up Anthony Davis and he did it at a high level tonight. He was on Bogdanovich, especially late in the game. And he stripped him like two times in the last two minutes or over a two minute stretch. So this was a really, really solid defensive performance from Brogdon in this one like he has stepped up and played a really really solid role in the defensive end obviously we know what we're getting from him on the offensive side he hit a bunch of open threes today Derek White created a lot of those uh, but overall ended 16 points on four of six from three you know five of ten from the field so he didn't really do too much driving to the hoop got blocked a couple times uh, but Malcolm Brogdon hit some big shots in this one 
So overall, this is a game where you look and, you know, obviously being down Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, you're losing a lot on the offensive end. But to end a game with 111 points is pretty solid. Like this is a game where you look and this would be eight players deep that you got really solid contributions from because you know that you're going to get contributions from Smart and Jalen, right? Honestly, Al Horford was one of the guys that defensively was solid. Offensively, he was sort of useless. Uh, He was one of six from the field tonight. Did have three assists, so I'll give him credit there. Uh, But Al Horford defensively was top tier, and it shows with his plus 18. He was tied with Derek White with the best plus minus on the entire team. So it goes to show that defensively, he was there. Offensively, he wasn't a ball stopper. He didn't shoot a lot. Uh, but these are games where you look and you're like, okay, if you've got Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown in the lineup and you're getting all of these guys to contribute, this is a really, really good team, right? And it's good to see guys like Sam Hauser just stepping up. Because obviously, you know, in, in the absence of – Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, you have guys like Derek White and Sam Hauser that are being pushed from the bench to that starting role. And having them give this sort of you know contribution coming off the bench with an already really good starting lineup, you got to love that. Got to love that. Uh, this is a game where the Celtics really shot the ball well, uh, which is good to see considering you know where we were not too long ago. But they came out, shot 16 of 37 from the field, 43%. Got to the free throw line a bunch, 21 times, 17 of 21. They shot you know, 81% there as well. Like This is a really solid overall performance on the offensive end. And honestly, you look at the assist numbers too, it was much better through three quarters. Like We had 21 assists on 32 field goals made. Uh, That fourth quarter, the Celtics really struggled offensively. And obviously, I talked about a four-minute stretch where they went scoreless with Jason Tatum on the bench. Uh, But we only had four assists on those seven field goals made. But overall, you look at that number, 25 assists on 39 field goals made. Like Those are solid numbers. The fact that we were so productive from three is a huge indicator of you know, why we scored 111 points with only 39 field goals made. But then you have you have to add in the fact that we also made 17 free throws. Like overall, this is really solid, right? And I talk all the time about guys, about cre- keeping guys, keeping teams under 100 points a game and how important it is from a defensive, even just like mentality point, Right. But to keep a team under 100 is important. And it shows the Celtics team that defense will help you win, right? And these are games, again, missing two of your best offensive players. Whether or not some people want to call Marcus Smart a best offensive player, it's irrelevant because, you know, he is. He's the guy that keeps the ball moving. He's the guy that pushes the pace. So whether or not he's a good shooter doesn't mean he's not an offensive player. So when you're missing two of your better offensive players, you're still putting up 111 points because you're pushing the pace, because you're getting out, you're getting downhill, finding guys for open looks. 
And then on top of that, you're also holding a team to under a hundred. Like that right there is a huge confidence boost to all of these guys, because these are the games that you typically don't show up for. Right. So it's good to see them kind of break through that and come out with a big win in this. Uh, it certainly wasn't perfect. Uh, I do want to talk about some of it before I dive into the negatives. Though, I want to take a quick break for word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. As you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilizes the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Guys, it could not get easier. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN, and new customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So want to talk about some of the negatives in this one. Uh, and honestly, I already talked about Jason Tatum and his first half performance. Not very good. Right. We also had some poor performances from Grant Williams. And a lot of people over the last couple of weeks have brought his name back up in trade talks. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Uh, this wasn't a good game. Two points, one of four from the field, 0 of two from three. Didn't really do much else. Was a minus 11 in a game that the Celtics won by 12. And he played 21 minutes. So that to me, big issue, right? If you're playing that many minutes and the Celtics won by 12, there is no reason that you should be that far in the negatives. Uh, but really, it was there was nothing that he did well. Defensively, he wasn't great. Offensively, he didn't do anything. There was a couple plays where he turned the ball over and then just ran away or just missed a shot, thought he got fouled, and just stopped running back. And the Pistons got a transition bucket from it. 
Like this was a this was a situation where Grant just did not show up whatsoever. And you hate to see it. Overall, though, I mean, the Celtics really struggled tonight when Jason Tatum was not on the floor. The minutes where he went out, the Pistons made a run every time. And this isn't the first time it, it's happened, right? His plus minus numbers, like when he's on the court versus when he's not, the numbers are ridiculous. It's unfair to Jason Tatum. It's also unfair to you know Jalen Brown because his numbers are good too in this sense. Nowhere near as good as Jason Tatum for the majority of it. But this is really bad basketball that we're watching when he is sitting. You know, we talked about the the three and a half, four minute stretch to start this fourth quarter where Jason Tatum was sitting that the Celtics just went scoreless. The offense disappears at times. And you got to put a little bit of onus on, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, because, you know, they're here to create offense. But when you don't have a bunch of guys that can go out there and hit shots, and obviously, again, missing Jalen Brown, missing Marcus Smart, those numbers are going to be elevated. Those on-off numbers when Jason Tatum is not on the court are going to be elevated because you're also down two of your better offensive players. These are situations in games where they still need to be able to run that same offense. And when you looked earlier in the season, a lot of it was Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, getting downhill, creating offense. You know, Malcolm Brogdon was brought in to be that sixth man. When Jason Tatum isn't playing well or isn't playing because he's sitting, you need guys like him or Derek White to create offense. And we didn't really get as much of that uh, tonight. And it's a shame because that's you know one of the things that the Celtics have struggled with this year. And you need to fix it. They need to figure out a way to create offense around other guys, not strictly Tatum, not strictly Brown. Everybody needs to create offense. And honestly, guys need to continue to hit shots because that's the biggest issue that we run into. A lot of people want to complain about, you know, depth at the big man position, but depth at the wing position. I've been saying this all season long. Depth at the wing is significantly more impactful at this point because once you sit Jason Tatum and or Jalen Brown, the depth at wing is virtually non-existent. You don't have another guy that's going in and can create offense or shoot at that position. You might want to say Grant, but he's been you know inconsistent at times. But he's also not a guy that's going to put the ball on the floor very often and create offense. So that is more of a need than any sort of big man position that I would say at this point. Now, I do want to bring this up, right? Because we're in the midst of you know trade season at this point. Uh, outside of that, like. This game overall is solid. There are certainly some weaknesses that you can take from it. Uh, but overall, it's a good win. It's a scrappy Pistons team. They get to the line a bunch. They force fouls. They ch- force turnovers. They get out in transition. They're scrappy. They're not a good team by any means. And they're missing one of their best players in Cade Cunningham. right? But overall, it's a scrappy team. So the fact that we pulled this out, 
it was a pretty easy win for the Celtics at the end of the day. It wasn't something that they really struggled with. Did the Pistons come back? Sure. Did the Celtics fold during that comeback? No. Like they handled them pretty well. And that's all you can ask for, right? With that being said, we'll wrap up that. We'll wrap up the game just like that. But I do want to talk about the trade season so far. We saw good old Kyrie Irving after, about a week and a half after, saying that he was going to re-sign with the Nets and he didn't want to leave Kevin Durant stranded. Uh, We saw him demand a trade. And he is now on the Dallas Mavericks. And I absolutely love to see it because that is another team that is going down in shambles uh, because Kyrie Irving is a nightmare. Uh, And I love to see it even more because the return for the Nets wasn't that good. So the Nets probably not going to do much anymore. And I love to see it. So with that being said, now that Kyrie's out, there's been a lot of rumors popping up about Kevin Durant again. And Stephen A. Smith goes on first take today and talks about Jalen Brown for KD. I am here, and I'm going to state this live on air. I did not like it. We talked about it four months ago during the offseason. Didn't happen then. It's not going to happen now. It's not worth it. We're literally, like, every concern that I had four months ago is currently happening. Kevin Durant is a walking injury. Is he one of the best players on the planet? Absolutely. Is he still one of the best scorers in the NBA? Absolutely. He is currently injured and has been injured and is going to continue to be injured for a good amount of time here. So I don't really care. Like, I don't want the trade to happen. JB has been very consistent for the majority of this season. And whether or not Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant as a duo would be more deadly than Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown is irrelevant because when it comes down to it, you need guys that are going to be available to play. Jalen Brown has been largely available. He missed tonight's game because of a non-COVID illness, but largely he's been available and availability is the best ability. I believe that's Doc Rivers that says that. Uh, So you love to see it. Like this is not a situation where the Celtics need to trade for Kevin Durant. They've got a great core, build with it, run with it, work around the edges, try to find a little bit more depth at wing, potentially a little bit more depth at the big man position. That's it, right? People want to talk about Grant Williams in the trade rumors. I'll squash it because honestly, it's not even that I don't think that Grant Williams is movable. He's making nothing. His salary is so low right now because he's still on his rookie contract. At the end of this year, when they go to, you know, potentially work out a a new contract for the, you know, next season and beyond, then you have the ability to potentially move him. But right now, you're getting a guy back making $5 million. There isn't a player in the NBA making $5 million that is better than Grant Williams. Like he, well, there might be one. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. It's you're not going to get the same value back for Grant Williams as you would by trading Grant Williams. There are guys that are pot like that you could go after. But you're going to need to package 
Grant with a potential like Gallinari to bring back a guy that would be equal to or potentially better than Grant Williams. But the fit is there. You need guys that play like Grant Williams does. Grant just needs to be a little bit more consistent. I'm not expecting the Celtics to make big moves at this deadline. I'm really not. I do think that they'll try to bolster the wing and potential big man at some point. I don't know what that package looks like. I don't know who those potential trade targets are. There's been a lot floated out there. There's been rumors about Jared Vanderbilt, Naz Reed, Nerlens Noel. Most of those are big men. But again, I think the bigger need is at the wing position. Uh, and that's it. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of speculation. Honestly, all of it's probably bullshit. Because every time there's been a trade that Brad Stevens has been in charge of, there's been it's completely out of the blue. Nobody heard anything about Malcolm Brogdon, then it happened. Nobody heard anything about Derek White, and then it happened. Like Brad operates in the shadows. So if you're hearing about it, it's probably not happening. Right? That's where we're gonna wrap things up for today. Uh, overall, good win for the Celtics, 111.99. And don't expect a whole lot on the trade deadline before the trade deadline this Thursday. Uh, but that's where we're going to wrap things up. If you haven't done so already, guys, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics guy. Make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics till I die and our YouTube page, Boston Celtics game day recap. Have a great night. Celtics fans. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. You couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we to Celtics? Who are we to Celtics? Who are we to Celtics?